2: The Dave Carter Show is part of the Ricochet Audio Network run by ricochet.com. Here's why you should join the Ricochet community. You can write your own post or comment on thousands of other posts on every conceivable topic. Connect with conservatives from across the country and around the world. Ricochet is the home of smart and civil conversation on the web. Join or create your own Ricochet group and interact with others who have the same hobbies, interests, and pursuits. Check it out at ricochet.com slash join. Membership starts at just $2.50 a month. And you'll be supporting podcasts like this one. Go to ricochet.com slash join right now and join the conversation.
1: the historian, of Hellraiser. It's Dave Carter, and this is the Dave
2: Carter Show. we got quite the lineup today, folks. The editor-in-chief of Ricochet, John Gabriel, is here, along with my idiot little friend Alphonse Fontenot, and a very special in-studio guest is here, unless he runs out screaming. Joel Valdez is here. All that and more straight ahead. I'm Dave Carter, and a retired military veteran with three combat tours in the Middle East, a year of adventure in Korea and a few other uh, deployments to some vacation destinations. I'm a former private detective, a radio show host, a former 18-wheeler driver with over a million miles of water across the country, meaning I really can't hold a job. But these days I write and podcast here on Ricochet and spend a great deal of time selling stuff at a high-end department store, which is where I met the young gentleman seated here in the studio with me, jo- Joel... Valdez, whose name I just forgot, mm-hmm. is a remarkable guy. He's dangerously close to completing his engineering degree at the University of Memphis, correct? No, no, Christian Brothers University. Okay, Christian Brothers University, which means, among other things, that I have to be at least somewhat kind to him, because not only can he threaten revenge, he's smart enough to plan it all out. <laughs> he's got the patience of Job when it comes to working with the public, which comes in handy in those instances when your host here is about to have an aneurysm. And somehow he can tell whenever I'm reaching that point as well. But most importantly, for our purposes, he's a genuinely good guy. He's got a great sense of humor, and he's an absolute joy to be around. Good evening, Mr. Joel.
3: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Not going to lie, when yeah. you said my little idiot friend, I thought you were talking about me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, not, 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 not with the whole engineering Degree and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. No, 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 no. Uh, my wife, and if you were an idiot, I wouldn't have you here, except my Alphonse, but I cut him slack. Yes, yes, yes. My C- little Cajun goober friend. Uh, my wife and I were privileged this evening to uh, have dinner with Joel, after which I gave him a tour of my lair here. And uh, you're actually the only, the third person that I've had interview in studio. Mm. Everybody else has been phone line or yeah. Skype or something like that. So if you need another drink, let me know. Okay. Pharmaceuticals are fully well stocked. Okay, good. Um, and he's Joel was able to see some military paraphernalia and where I keep the scotch and drambuie and all the other <laughs> good stuff. So, uh, but thanks for being here, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It's a it privilege.
3: A so you're in your last semester, is that correct? I am. I am in my very last semester of college.
2: And then you'll be a no kidding engineer.
3: A no kidding one? Yeah. Yes, I will be a no kidding engineer.
2: What kind of train will you be running at that point?
3: Uh, not quite what <laughs> engineers are, but.
2: Oh, okay. All right. Well. All right. So, what, what, what kind of what kind of engineering are you? Uh, the high paying kind, I guess. But
3: the better paying kind. Yes, yeah. I yeah, yeah. am a mechanical engineering major. So, mechanical engineering is really the engineering of uh, moving parts. Okay. It's it's a it's the most general of all the engineering. They they were sort of the jack of all trades, and we do just a wide variety of things from uh, heat systems to electrical systems to. Moving parts and things like that. Anything that you could find in a car. and We're not like technicians, but anything you could find in a car, we can work on.
2: Okay, so not not the chemical compositions of the plastics or anything like that. That's partly what we do. Oh, really?
3: Because we're so broad, we focus on material uh, makeup and composition of certain things, but only in regards to what we're making. So like you you don't want to use uh, plastic for uh, a column, right? Mm -hmm. You want to use concrete or steel or Mm -hmm. something like that. That's what we pay attention to.
2: Okay, just right. So this is is it says it's not as specialized as I might have first thought then.
3: Uh it can be, it can be. It just depends on what you want to do. So because I am so general in yeah. in that field, uh, we are the jack of all trades. You can go into any different section you might want to. Um like some people go to the military and they help develop weapons or they help develop right. different systems uh whether it be um like the GPS system or something else like that. Uh but me specifically, I would be focusing on more like de- uh, developing products. That's, okay, that's what personally I'm interested. Do you in. have
2: a, a prospective employer, or, or not? Not specific employer, but a particular avenue that you? want to Yeah,
3: I would do? love to do electronics manufacturing. I would love to design. Uh, you know, I would love to be a part in design the next communicators, the next uh, things that go out into the world and people use to connect to each other across the globe. Cool. Okay. Or or NASA. <laughs> Those are the well, they
2: connect pretty well too.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There's some, some electronic connections that to go in the, uh, in the bombs that they use in the military, too, right? So, okay, yeah. And they, they go all over the world. They communicate with
3: people. <laughs> the, the, it's a kinetic communication. That and is they, v-
2: they, very kinetic. Yeah, they, but they do it. They do it. Um, so As I uh, mentioned earlier, you have a great deal of patience with people. But how did you end up in the, in the watch department?
3: Um, it was uh, last year. I've been there about a year. Yeah. And I wanted a job so that I could have money to have fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah. so I and here you are in, sitting here drinking drink and talking. And huh? I know it's a great yeah. is it
3: what what a year can do. Uh, what it man. I um I applied at uh the store that we work at. Mm-hmm. Uh originally in the dock area. And they they liked me. Uh, I interviewed with you know Julius and yeah. Michael and they they really enjoyed my personality so they they said, you know, maybe we want you on the floor. And I said I don't care. I'll go. <laughs> they knocked you out and you I'll, fell straight away. Yeah, that. I'll go wherever you want me to. And then Jessica was the one who yeah. suggested I go to okay. watches because of my knowledge of how things work. And, uh kind of works out, doesn't it? Yeah, it does work out. So
2: now, do I understand correctly that you now have a fascination with watches that you might not previously have had?
3: I blame you. I blame <laughs> Jessica. I blame – yeah, I do. Yeah. I definitely do.
2: Well, so welcome to the affliction.
3: It is an affliction too. It, and it, it doesn't go away. No, it doesn't. I mean, this it, is
2: the kind of knowledge that no matter where you go, somebody's going to wear a watch, it, right? Yeah.
3: The other people in my life don't really – they're not really watch people. Yeah. And when they see one that's new or special, they go, oh, it's so – but I go, ooh, I, mm, I like that a now lot. Your
2: forte, though, that I've seen is is with
3: the smart watches. Yes, yes. Well, that – yeah. The, I love all the features and the technology, right. so –
2: I would say, oh, uh, the other guy will be here a little bit later, and he can help you <laughs> out. if you have a question about how the thing runs or set up a queue the and gears and all that. I can help you with that, but but if you, if you've got you know, the circuit, you know, the circuitry and all the smart no, uh, I've got a guy that can really yeah yeah, yeah. You know. uh, as I mentioned earlier, you have a great deal more patience. Uh, it's a pretty low bar, really. You have More patience than I do, but um, you know, if someone's really interested in timepieces, I can help them out. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to do so. Uh, tell them well, what. All the jewels in the movement means what the kind of the jewels they are, what they do, all the, the history of the dial of Mavado, oh, yeah things like that i i love doing that, but if you 're just trying to game the system like we see every now and then and uh re- re- repeatedly return cheap jewelry and walk out with with uh, new cheap jewelry only to return that as well, then my patience is sorely tested, but you seem to handle this stuff pretty well, so is it i mean you drink a lot when you 're at work <laughs> or, or uh, you know what's what's your secret uh
3: I, Sedatives? Plead, Sedatives? I, you on that? I plead the fifth on that first yeah. question, but drink the fifth. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, no, it was, it's just a product of who I grew up with. You know, my, my, like, like you said about you with the technology, my mother yeah. is not technologically uh, savvy and neither are any of my sisters. Mm-hmm. And so I was the one for all those years to answer every single question, every single problem that I had. Why isn't the cable on? Did you turn, did you turn <laughs> it on? Look
2: at you, Mr. Engineer. Yeah, Right. Right. Yeah, right.
3: <laughs> But that—that's where my patients come from. It's from years and years of a barrage of questions every day about what is this on my phone? Why? Why isn't the TV working? Right. Things like that.
2: The funny thing is that you can sense sometimes, even as I'm sensing it about myself, that I'm beginning to reach my limit.
3: You have a twinkle. I do. I what? You have a twinkle in your eye when when you can when I can see that. Oh come on, really? <laughs> no, yeah.
2: I start winking at people. Hey, I'm going to kill you. You know.
3: It's more like a, a twitch. You know? <laughs> yeah.
2: A nervous disorder.
3: But I very much notice it in your tone of voice whenever someone... I mean, they ask questions that are... Come on. Mind-numbing. Yeah, mind-numbing questions. And when it gets to that point where I can see you're not having fun, I go, Dave, why don't you, why don't you let me... <laughs> Which brings to
2: mind the story of Game of Thrones Girl. Ah, my favorite. Remember that?
3: I do. I Fortunately, I do. So help me out. We were just talking, hanging out, yeah. and a older lady comes up to us and says, "Have you do, do you guys watch Game of Thrones?" I, being, you know, a, as polite as I am, I said, "No. Why?" And I said, what, "No." Did, <laughs> yeah, I right. said, "No. Why? Did you did you have something to say about it?" And she went on a thirty-minute spiel <laughs> just about the show. I
2: yeah, because there's dragons. Yeah, dragon one dragon because more powerful than the, all the other dragons, and this one can do that, and that one can. And but except for this one, it was like it was, for me, it was like taking algebra again with all the rules and the exceptions to those rules. And I'm like, I'm in quadratic. It, it was again. so
3: strange because I thought she was going to reference something in the store. I no. thought she was going to say, "Oh, this ring looks like one in Game of Thrones." No, she didn't. <laughs> It never ended. No, she talked for 30 minutes, and then I, I tapped you on the shoulder, and I said, Hey, I think someone over there needs your help. Yeah. I think you should go yeah. help so,
2: them. So-and-so over there is uh, signaling for you, which was my cue to get out before I said something unfortunate, because I was <laughs> reaching reaching that point where this was going nowhere and a waste of everyone's time. So what I did, I went over there, which is very nice of you. You kind of threw yourself on the sword. I'm on, used on to that, it. I'm right. used to it. And I thought, Well, no, i got to return the favor. So I go over to the next counter. And call the extension to to watches in your department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You pick up the phone, and I said, "Just say that you're needed upstairs. This is your cue to escape."
3: I was right. yeah. That's how your words were. This is your this is your way out. Right. Go yeah. upstairs. Yeah. And-
2: <laughs> so I watched. You hung up the phone, uh, ma'am. I just got a call from upstairs. I said, "Ma'am,
3: yeah. I'm being summoned. I must go." <laughs> <laughs> it was very very nice of you to do that.
2: Fun times, man. Um, you don't know who has more patience than, than even you. Who? My wife.
3: Oh, um. mm-hmm.
2: Some of, the, some of the jokes and things that I do, is just, you know. All right. Here now for a rare in-person interview is my jug-eared little Cajun friend, Alphonse Fontenot. Um, congratulations, dork face. We're finally making it up here to Memphis.
4: Man, that's like getting a note from Dante saying, "Me, I hope you enjoy you stay down there in the seventh circle of hell, you. Do we have to start off by insulting the good people of the Bluff City right here at the starting gate? I mean, I'm, I'm sorry for that, and I apologize from the heart of my bottom. So, how you doing? I ain't going to lie, Dave. I ain't doing too good. Really? It's been the worst week of my life. It, it ain't never looked at this bad before. Well, why is that? I was watching TV in my motel room out there by the airport there, and I was watching stories about the president going on about his business from the comfort of Air Force One and, and the White House and all that. And then I, I look outside of my room and I hear them police syringes. You mean sirens? Did I ask for your input? Did I ask for your input? I don't think so. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Please continue. So I'm turned them channel to the local news here. And there's a shooting in Memphis nearly every five minutes, it seems. These grape nut brain idiots are shooting at people on the highway. There's robbing senior citizens. There's robbing men and attacking school kids. They're robbing women. They're, cut, they're, they're already counting down the number of shoplifting days till Christmas. That's when I turned back to the channel that's showing the president on Air Force One. And I thought, this is how you call a, uh, what do you call a catch-22 situation. No, you mean catch-22. Well, oh, I'm sorry. I, I just committed one of them fox paws, didn't I? Well, anyway, <laughs> that's when it hit me. What hit you? I need to suck down a 40-ounce in the worst way. What? That's no, it? No, 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 look, seriously. When I saw Air Force One, I thought, hmm, that could be mine. You're, you're not really serious, are you? That's why I'm announcing right here on the Dave Carter Show, because I can't get on a real show, <laughs> that I'm officially going to flip my lid into the ring. No, no, you, you you really don't mean that. I mean, you really don't think That's that- right. I'm going to form, a, how you call it, an exploitation committee. I mean, I mean we, we already have a president now that can't control his mouth. And back when Bill Clinton was in the office, we had a sexual deviant as president— Dave, I could bring both those qualities to the White House at the same time. Well, I understand. And then I can bring the National Guard to Memphis and get these clowns to settle down. Well, I mean, I don't think that, um, Well, you live here for Pete's sake. We need a surge in the cavalry here. It's dangerous. Well, I know that, and... We gotta reduplicate, how you call them, green zone we had in Iraq. That safe zone for people to go about their business and not have to worry about getting killed
2: You need to reduplicate some English lessons here. Uh, Hey, by the way, you know who we're going to have on the program here in a little bit? Um, Like I care. We're going to have John Gabriel on. Now, he's the
4: editor-in-chief of Ricochet. I'm trying to figure out how to get out of this place in one piece. Now,
2: wait a minute. John is a
4: good guy. Well, whoopty damn do (laughs) People are scared to go outside their houses right now, and you're talking about... And, And if I may finish... He's quite knowledgeable about a great many things, and
2: I have a feeling that through his writings and his many television and radio uh, radio appearances and he's
4: made a great deal larger of a contribution to public sanity than you have. Which is why and- I'm asking everyone to help me out in my campaign. Y'all need to put Alfonso on the gravy train, and Alfonso will help you. It's just like Coach O's over at LSU said. Oh, now we're going to do a sports reference. Okay, can you talk like Coach O? Well, this is, this is exactly what he said right here. Hey, yeah,
1: right there,
4: that's, that's a pretty good impersonation, actually. So there's only one thing left to do, Dave. It's time for Alphonse Fontenot to take action. I'm forming an exploitation committee to help get this thing started. All right, so which party will you run? Well, there's this bar on Bourbon Street. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. What political party? No, no, no,
2: I'm going to go independent. Well, I know that people say that that uh, our choices are not by. Bi-
0: just necessary. Void by law. 18 plus.
4: Terms and conditions apply.
2: See website for details. But the results tend to be binary. What's sexual
4: so- preference got to do with this? You better watch your language or I'll slap you so hard your ancestors are feeling. No, I'm talking about political parties, you moron. There are two major parties, right? So if you want to factor that into your decision making... Now, uh, factor this. Now, look, once I get on my platform and I inseminate my message to the American people and I let them know where I stand up on the issues... Everybody going to understand, it's not for me, Dave. It's not for me. It's for all the places where people don't feel safe no more. And it's a long road to the White House, but I've been in places where there ain't no road. And you got to use a P-roll. That would be a boat reference for the folks who don't know the local jargon back home. Dave, I got fortitude. I got the know-how. I got them far in the belly to outlast this journey. I got the motivation. I got the charisma. I got the jug full of bourbon. And I, I got a little burning sensation whenever I go well, Oh, get out of
2: here. Goodbye. <laughs>
4: Alphonse Fontenot
2: with an unfortunate reference and an unfortunate announcement. This song, by the way, I first heard uh, Driving 18 Wheelers across Louisiana. It sounds like an 18 favorite, favorite song for truck driving is called uh, My Mama is a truck driving man hey <laughs> my mommy is a truck driver Size Don't never miss a gear ain't built a single bear my mama is a true driver man
1: He's got more opinions than a Peterbilt has gears It's Dave Carter on Ricochet
4: all right
2: Alphonse Jamie Bergeron in the kicking Cajuns and Sammy Hagar mm. that's, a, that's a good that's a good win well tell me uh, do you to what extent if any do you follow current events and in the news you follow that stuff very closely
3: I follow a yeah I follow I follow current events as, okay. well, as well as I, as well as I can, yeah. yeah right. Well, you have, you have a life, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I watch the news when I go to the gym, and I uh, I keep up with uh, just a, a general uh, slew of articles on on my Google page. So.
2: Um, so if you if you were to place yourself on the political spectrum, just out of curiosity, from left to right, well, you know, uh, where where would you fall on that? Left being Lenin right right being everyone else yeah right yeah i yeah. i i'm uh, conservative okay um so what what are some of the news things that have, that have captured your attention here lately
3: uh a lot of the uh, the things going on uh with uh the water crises around the world that's that's what i've been you about the like like the one in um maybe it's minneapolis uh or some somewhere up north um the water it has oh. high lead content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That and, yeah. and uh, the stuff over in the rainforest, you know, the, the fires that right. are going on right. and the 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 controversies with uh, Epstein and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty general – Nice uh, – yeah,
2: great idea, the, the security that he had.
3: Interesting, the, yeah, right?
2: Right. And those, those are the folks that tell us they can take care of us too. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's really, really interesting. Do um, you follow Twitter
3: very much? I'm I'm on Twitter, yeah.
2: Okay, uh, my my next guest, uh, our editor John Gabriel, mm-hmm. is uh, he's like he calls himself the king of stuff. But he, <laughs> he is he's got ten ninety thousand or so followers on Twitter, mm. and uh, he'll, he'll he'll mention this in a little bit. Hopefully, uh, he recently had a, a tweet that was recognized by the president, and off they were talking about Greenland. Mm-hmm. He photoshopped a Trump Tower in this village in Greenland, <laughs> and. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll just let him talk about it. Hang okay. on just a minute. John Gabriel is the editor-in-chief of Ricochet, so yes, he's my boss. He writes columns for The Republic and ArizonaCentral.com. Uh, his work has appeared in USA Today, and he's the co-host of the Conservatarians podcast, which I assume is a great deal more erudite than this one. And it's a pleasure to welcome him to the program. Good afternoon, Mr. Gabriel.
0: Our voices are not nearly as good as yours, sir. Uh, um, great to be on, Dave.
2: Well, you're very kind. Thank you very much. How you doing?
0: Doing very well. It's been kind of a crazy, busy week. Uh, the president tweeted out one of my Photoshop pictures, and uh, yes. that was an interesting experience. But it was very fun because I have two teenage daughters, and they were appropriately embarrassed. So that's <laughs> mission accomplished.
2: I know. I was going. I was going yeah, to lead with that. So that's perfect. You photoshopped uh, Trump Tower, or one of the Trump Towers. You planted it, if I understand right, smack in the middle of a village in Greenland which got the attention of the president. Do I have that right?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I just, like everybody else, you know, I just popped onto Twitter and I saw whatever it was, probably last week, late last week, and I noticed Greenland and Trump were trending, and I'm like, huh, what's this about? (laughs) And uh, the the two words were an interesting juxtaposition, and my first thought was basically oh, we need a casino there. So (laughs) it was just kind of a silly post. It was just the juxtaposition was the joke. And, uh, yeah, glittering golden Trump casino looming over this forlorn village on a fjord. And uh, and I just said this will be Greenland in 10 years and left it at that. Uh, The interesting thing about it is obviously the Trump fans loved it saying, yeah, that would be fantastic. That improves the look of the place right away. But then the kind of the impeach resist type went, wow, what a stinging indictment of imperialist capitalist dogs like uh, Donald Trump. And so – Which is what you intended
2: the whole time, right?
0: (laughs) right. So about uh, 500 new Trump supporters followed me and about 500 new (laughs) Trump loathers followed me. So half those people at least will be gone in about a week. But uh, yeah, everybody kind of – accepted it on their own and then the president uh, tw- tweeted it out promising I-, I promise you greenland i will not do this to your country um <laughs> and then my phone went a little crazy everybody buzzing me saying hey did you know that the president of the united states uh, tweeted your silly photoshop and i thought i probably should have spent longer than 10 minutes on that one
2: <laughs> and ocasio-cortez is saying i should have said the greenland new deal <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. And everybody wins.
2: And I understand that uh, Denmark's president took bridge as well. And that led to an interesting yeah, exchange.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, after he tweeted that, uh, Denmark's prime minister um, really ridiculed Trump. It, yeah. It's kind of interesting because our press is just Trump can do no right. He's so horribly so um, undiplomatic. But uh, every Danish politician who weighed in was just blistering in their denunciations of this guy is a fool and i can't believe how horrible he is and the danish prime minister said well greenland is not for sale and our people are not for sale it's preposterous and uh so he says okay well i was supposed to meet you in a couple of weeks but uh, thanks for being honest right, and uh right. I'll, i guess i'll see you in maybe a couple of years well he could always so, take the
2: russian approach and invade the place right
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's the thing. You're ex-military, I'm ex-Navy. My first thought was a a submarine popping out of the ice, uh, <laughs> interrupting a whale hunt or something. So uh, I think buying it is kind of a friendly gesture, I would think. Right,
2: right. Yeah. Well, And speaking of uh, things that you can and cannot get away with, I know that you're the self-described uh, king of stuff over on Twitter. <laughs> You've got, what, 90,000 followers or something like that? Yeah, um, that's correct. So how's I mean how's life on social media these days? It's it's always been a tough slog uh, for anyone who's to the right of Lennon basically. But uh <laughs> the, how's it going over there lately, do you think?
0: I I think uh Twitter can be as good as you want it to be. The key is to spend a lot of time off Twitter. Yeah, right. <laughs> and understanding that it's not terribly important. Uh, some people take just take themselves very seriously, and that, that's one thing you and I can be thankful for. Is kind of not living in the belly of the beast in the swamp, or don't yeah. live in. Manhattan. We don't live in Washington, D.C. or San Francisco. And so it's very easy to turn it off and talk to regular human beings who don't really care much about what's going on in Washington. They're uh, paying their bills and raising their kids and attending church and and they're delightful people to talk to. So I will pop into Twitter and then I make sure to pop right back out and read a really <laughs> old book. Keeps, keeps the balance going.
3: Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, now, our, our mutual friend, uh, Dave Sussman, I think has talked to you and I here recently, uh, different mm-hmm. interviews, and he talked to me at length about how Google and a great deal of social media are actually uh, working actively to quiet the voices of those who stand to thwart progressive orthodoxy. Uh, have you encountered any of this firsthand, or do you have any first you know firsthand experience or knowledge of it?
0: I've heard allegations of it. I've had several people tell me, oh, I haven't seen your work on be it Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere. Yeah. I have not seen it promoted anywhere. Um, you're being silenced. Um, you're being shadow banned. There's all these different terms, but it's one of those things how exactly do you prove it? Because uh, these social media companies could just tweak their algorithms, and there are people, you know like a sweet aunt of mine who lives in Michigan who I haven't seen anything posting on Facebook in two years probably because, (laughs) I I don't know, know, I guess she doesn't post anything controversial enough. So Mm, it's kind of hard to tell how they monkey with those algorithms. I'm sure many people in Silicon Valley are trying to affect the election. Uh, For some reason, they uh, think the reason that Trump won was because there was an even worse Photoshop than mine uh, coming out of Russia or, you know, (laughs) Somebody paid $500 to promote a Russian-backed ad on Facebook. That's not why he won. And uh, so I think they would want to, quote-unquote, prevent that from happening again. But I think if they really started cracking down, um, the reaction to it would be much as the reaction was to Hillary Clinton when she – called everybody deplorable. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly, and gave birth to a podcast of, about a couple of years right, ago. Right, um, And speaking of, of why he got elected, you wrote a piece just last week which was fascinating. And the title of it was Welcome to America, the Land of the Perpetually Whiny and Offended. Perfect title. And in it you write about uh, Sarah Silverman having been fired, uh, comedian Kevin Hart uh, having been dismissed from the Oscars because of material that he, I guess, used a decade or more ago. And, of course, there's that movie that I did see the trailer to called The Hunt, uh, in which deranged progressives hunt down, quote-unquote, deplorables. And this is one in which the left are the villains, and yet folks on the right got the thing canceled. What's what's going on with this, this whole perpetually whiny, offended, and looking for reasons to be offended? What's, what's, what's
0: Right, right. And I think that's what a lot of people do, um, especially a lot of younger Americans. Uh, they've been told that what's important is their self-esteem and their feelings. And uh, when you get out into the big, bad, cruel world, you quickly learn that is, that is not, in fact, true at all. Yeah. So um, I think that is part of it. And um, it also can be very effective just to feign offense at things. And I think the left is very good at doing this. And um, when I'm writing for this was writing for the a newspaper, but most print newspapers, you're kind of dealing with a center left audience. Mm-hmm. And since it was Sarah Silverman uh, getting, as they say, canceled by the culture and she is a progressive and good standing has been for many years. Um, I thought that was a good opportunity to remind liberals, you know what? You might want to reel this back in a little bit because it's not working and you're mostly just attacking your own people. Um, You know, they, as everybody knows, they tried this with Chick-fil-A going back at least a decade Mm -hmm. and their sales are going up and up and up. I, I think if these celebrities or just average voices, um, just don't apologize, but they just, hey, here's what I believe. I'm sorry you don't like it. Uh, please move on. Um, and here's a free uh, sweet iced tea for you for, for your trouble <laughs> of yelling at us in the drive-thru. Yeah. Um, they quickly will move on to someone will who will immediately cower before them. And um, I would love to see – and that's the thing. It's – being a conservative i just assume i'm into a lot of music and entertainment like anybody else and i assume most of the people producing this don't agree with me and i want them to keep producing and being happy i I don't really have time to be offended by people Um, i'm a big believer in offenses uh, never given it's only taken and if you want to live a happy fulfilling life don't try to be outraged all the time. <laughs> that's you, why you need to get off Twitter as well. It's just it's yeah. not healthy, and that's not what life's about. And you and you
2: made a comparison that I had not thought of until until I, until I read it, and it, it just it just spoke volumes to me. Our woke, I'm quoting you, our woke mentality is America's new Puritanism. I hadn't thought yeah, of it that way, I, but that's exactly I really right.
0: Think it is. Yeah, and the left, um, as they've done with climate change, they've, you know, abandoned religion and replaced it with a human-invented one. And the problem about this new religion is they have sin and condemnation and hell for everyone who disagrees, but they don't have anything about grace, forgiveness, repentance. None of those are possible. It's all about casting uh, the unbelievers um, into punishment, and there's no – OK, well, how does someone get back? Say if someone is like a very loyal, progressive like Sarah Silverman yeah. and she does something wrong, how do you atone for this? You know, you know they, they haven't really thought this, this religion through. Um, I think uh, most of us have the advantage uh, who are believers, regardless of the faith. We have the advantage of a few thousand years of uh, working out the kinks
2: I will call upon you to do a service
1: for me. Play the Godfather. Now at Chumpacasino.com.
0: Welcome to the family. VDW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah. And they haven't really thought this through. So there's really no way to absolve anybody of sins. You can just call them a racist, sexist, homophobe, supremacist. And uh, then the person is cast out of the flock forever, and everyone else is looking a little more nervous, wondering if they're going to be next.
2: They haven't gotten out of the out of the phase. I think Mark Levin referred to it as cultural purging. They haven't gotten yes. beyond that to see what happens after you've purged everything you disagree with.
0: Exactly, and uh, that's the problem you get into. And every uh, every leftist revolution does this. I'm uh, half Finnish. My mom was from Finland. And uh, oh, I thought you said you're half
2: finished. Of, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry yeah. about that. What are you drinking? I'm getting older.
0: Yeah. not quite. finished. Okay, right. I'm no. I'm not quite finished. <laughs> but um, I always think back to uh, the Winter War when Stalin decided uh, brilliantly to invade Finland in uh, right around Christmas time and then uh, got mired down and realized, oh, I probably shouldn't have purged all my effective generals. Right. So, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, what right. happens to the left. They're going to find themselves uh, coming up short when it's Once again, uh, like the last election, Um, if this goes away, many of us think it will and they lose again, they're going to realize, wow, we really ticked off a lot more people than they won over. Maybe we should try uh, winning some of these people back with moderate policies, perhaps.
2: But that would require them saying that we might have missed out, stepped somewhere along the way. And I don't think they're they're
0: just not capable of that. And then they won't feel as pure and righteous. um, Right,
2: right. Which leads me everyone else. Uh, which leads me to my last question. I assume that uh, you've been following presidential politics more closely than I have, mainly because I'm just not motivated to care yet. Uh, to how many of these people are going to, you know, f- what what they have in mind to make people who are struggling to make ends meet uh, to have them pay for someone's false teeth or their erectile <laughs> dysfunction issue, or whatever? Uh, so, if you've watched any of the debates thus far, you're ahead of me. I've been hanging out with Alphonse Fonteno instead. Um, But what do you make of the campaign? How it's shaping up so far? Are there any clear leaders?
0: Um, Not really. Um, I think um, the conventional wisdom really is Biden. Uh, This past month, Liz Warren is kind of the new – it has a little bit of momentum, but it's so early on um, it's really hard to tell. If you flip the table back to – This time, four years ago, everybody was like, well, Jeb Bush is obviously the favorite. And, you know, maybe Scott Walker will be taking him down, you know, so it's so early and anything can happen and anything can change. I personally and I'm terribly biased. um, I've watched all the Democratic debates. God God bless my soul. Were you sober? And uh, hopefully hopefully I uh, atone for a few sins (laughs) with that uh, act of penance. Yeah. But um, it. It will be interesting to see how they can pivot from rushing so far to the left and basically um, insisting that, illegal immigrants who are transgenders immediately get abortions upon entry at government expense <laughs> to saying, wow, maybe we should just, I don't know, cut this group's taxes a little bit, maybe tweak this policy over there. Um, and instead of just screaming racist and white supremacist at anyone, because yeah. that seems to be what they think is going to win this, the election is screaming racist at the American people. Worked so well They last tried time. that three yeah. years ago and right. they tried that, you know. For, for the previous two election cycles, at least, um, calling your opponent Hitler and yep. deplorable incessantly is not a great sales pitch.
2: Is um, is Joe Biden as much in a fog as everyone is making him out to be? I haven't paid close enough attention to know.
0: Yeah, he really is. And uh, Joe's going to be Joe. And I think every, all of us on the right have been kind of snickering at him for years. But um, and it's certainly not his fault. But right. uh, the man has lost a step or two. Um, I think you can really see it in his appearance. The first debate appearance, he looked adrift, his voice was cracking, um, just just seemed very old and tired. And he's had a lot, you know, since he was vice president, he's had some personal tragedy with his family and mm-hmm. things. And he's getting up there in years and um, not exactly a fresh voice of the future that Democrats usually like to go for, someone like a Clinton or an Obama. And um the second debate he was much improved, but still about half of where he was when he was, you know, more practiced in in right. office, um constantly misstating uh misstating facts, constantly misspeaking and my my concern about him, and honestly, it's not like a purely partisan one, it's how he can keep up the rigors of a campaign going through an election season, which is, you know, about a year and a half, uh, the election's about a year and a half out at this point, and then four years after that, he just really seems worn out. And I think he might enjoy just, I don't know, moving to a nice little uh, patio home and. uh Boca del Vista, Florida, and uh, relaxing for a while, enjoying himself.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't discount his passion, but at a certain point, you just, you know, it's time.
0: Right, right. No, so, yeah. uh, John,
2: thank you so much uh, for taking time and uh, adding some gravitas to Ricochet's little detention room over here. <laughs> um, My
0: pleasure, Dave. I, I, Love I, I your look, work and uh, keep doing a great job.
2: I look forward to where you're going to plant Trump Tower next. By the way, <laughs> you know, I was well, thinking. Uh, you could, you could actually, if you, if, I mean, if you want to, you could make a calendar out of this. you know. Like, this
0: is very true. Just and I slam. could actually, yeah, raise money for something. You could slam Heck, that. Um, I think the, the new uh, popular trend in uh, center-right politics is to threaten a primary against Trump to raise money. Maybe I could just <laughs> uh, come up with something like that, make myself a pretend candidate for a few years. I, like so if it. I can it. Uh, had up the college fund for my kids perfect
2: that you could slam that building in all kinds of little settings you know in the calendar or, <laughs> or maybe sports illustrated swimsuit no, never mind anyway um <laughs> all right thank you so much sir i appreciate it
0: oh thank you very much dave
2: john gabriel on the dave carter show
1: Carter on Ricochet.
2: Well, you, uh, you got your social media there, and you got your Facebook there, where you can see cat videos and see all your friends from grade school and see how much they've aged. Or you got Twitter, where you can see where John Gabriel photoshopped his way to the president's attention. But if you really want to plug into what's happening, you can check out the various offerings on the Ricochet Audio Network, from John's show, The Conservatarians, to former Secretary of Education Bill Bennett's show, to uh, my friend Dave Sussman's show, where he talks to a veritable constellation of stars in the conservative firmament. And then there's the Ricochet uh, flagship podcast, where Peter Robinson and Rob Long and James Wilix and their guests explore all the big issues and the big questions of the day. In fact you'd be hard-pressed not to find a compelling conversation to enjoy on the many podcasts we offer here on Ricochet. Now, suppose, just suppose, that you enjoy the podcast offerings here, and you want to help support the site that makes all this possible in the first place, but the idea of writing some magisterial work of prose makes you a little nervous there. Well, here's what you do. You, for just uh, $2.50 a month, which is less than dang near everything, really, you can not only help the, keep the place running, but you can also comment on the podcast post, You can go over to this podcast post and say, hey, stupid, how about shutting up and playing more blues music? And I may do it. Then again. Anyway, you can do even more than that. (laughs) You'll have access to the entire site, including the members area behind the paywall. And that's where the best conversations unfold. We have engineers, doctors, truckers, veterans, so much more who write with grace and wit about their professions and truly an interesting place to look into the lives of the folks who make this country run now if all this sounds like it might be worth your time and trouble to look into then just head on over to ricochet.com slash join to learn more about the place and you can enjoy it even more than you already do again that's ricochet.com slash join and join the conversation
1: Dave Carter, who leads the league in most
2: offensive categories, including nose hair. <laughs> when this guy sneezes, he looks like a party favorite. Bad of the bone, bad, baby. Bad. real bad. This guy's got a speech impediment. This is, this is, this is, something's wrong with him. <laughs> the p- p- problem is... Well, anyway, that's always fun doing that kind of stuff. So tell me something. Uh, in the realm of jobs and things that you've done in the past, where you're at now, Joel, at the department store, is that your first foray into the employment market, or have you done some other things?
3: For a summer, I was an exterminator. Really? Mm, yes. That was my very first job, uh, but this is my second. As you
2: went to customer service. Okay. That I, I can see a link there. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can yeah. see a link there. No wonder you're so patient. You've worked with the – well, never mind.
3: Yeah, yeah, Okay. But, yeah, it was, it was an interesting summer. Uh, and I don't know why I did it. I don't like bugs. <laughs> well, that's why you did it. Yeah, you right. killed
2: little bastards. Okay. So you've got guys that walk around, spray stuff, and
3: I, – I was on a – set a, traps for rats or what? No, like, no, no, no. I was on a know. two-person team, uh, me and an older gentleman named Max. He was 80 years old, and it was his exercise program. You know, the doctor, the doctor, (laughs) yeah, the doctor told him, you know, you're 80, you need to get out and walk every day. Kill stuff. Yeah, walk every day and do this. And so me and him were a team and we went to really nice houses across the Memphis area and, and laid, laid the groundwork for termites to, to kill the termites. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I did, I did a lot of the heavy lifting and he sprayed the chemicals and then when i saw a spider i ran <laughs>
2: bring a shotgun out yeah, take honestly. care of this yeah now, the, the, really the, i know the wall's not there anymore ma'am but the the spider's gone yeah you know, right. Um, so you, you should be happy
3: so you thank me
2: uh, okay yeah so that was one <laughs> one summer's worth and that was so that that was that
3: yeah it was i'll n- never go back to that
2: <laughs> i see these commercials now where they have the uh, the little terminator dude doing flips over the hedges and all this stuff to go have you ever seen that uh, Interestingly it's enough, it's exactly like that. Oh, really? Yeah. You, did the, you did the flips and everything else? <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm not surprised. No, no, no. not surprised. Dran Bowie helps, too, right? That's you can true. fly over anything. All uh, right. Um, a few years ago, uh, Ricochet uh, co-founder Rob Long was talking with me at the Ricochet, Ricochet's 200th podcast in L.A., and he talked about Conrad Hilton, who was the uh, founder of Hilton Hotels, of okay. course. And he was on The Johnny Carson Show. And Johnny asked him if he could give one piece of advice to folks who stay at Hilton Hotel— what would it be? And his advice was always make sure you tuck the shower curtain inside the bathtub, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess if you think about it, it that, you know, if you multiply that little problem times all the rooms and all the hotels, you okay, I can, I can see that. Then Rob asked me – at the time, I was driving an 18-wheeler cross-country, mm-hmm. and he asked me if he if I could give one piece of advice to the motoring public, what would it be? And I said – Cutting off an 80,000-pound vehicle in traffic really is just not the physics, right? I don't know much about it, but I've got that part figured out. mm -hmm. It's not a good idea. Don't do it. So now I'm going to throw that kind of question at you, having been in uh, retail and in the department store world for better part of a year now. Has it been a year? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. You were there shortly before I got there,
3: I guess. Yeah, when I was training, you were, I guess, getting interviewed.
2: Okay. Uh, So if you had to give one piece of advice to the shoppers who frequent not just – watch department, but just, just retail customers or the watch department, whatever. But If you have to give one piece of advice that would make their life and your life on the other side of the counter a little better, what might that piece of advice be?
3: Oh, man. It would either be, to the customers, I would say, yeah. look, I just work here. <laughs> uh, that, that's what I'd like to yeah. say to them. And no. then advice to the customers is read it. Read it first. I get so many, I get so many questions about, is it an additional 65 off? No, yeah, no, right. It's not. It says right there. If you'd read it, sixty-five percent off of original price. But you know, you didn't read it. So, how many?
2: Uh, I won't go into too much detail here, but I know that while I've been at the store, we've seen several management changes, and and I, and and you've probably saw it work for different managers in your previous line of work, and mm-hmm. you've been to supervise in all kinds of different things, and you oh, yeah. you learn about different uh, leadership styles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, I I worked for. Over three dozen general officers, while Mm -hmm. I was in the the, the military, so you see the good and the bad and the hilarious. You know, Um, I'm not even sure where I'm driving with this question, but I mean, what do you do? Do you you take anything away from that for for the time whenever eventually you'll become you'll you'll be in a supervisory position yourself? The sorts of things that you want to emulate versus those that you don't.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I think the thing I'm going to take away from this experience specifically is that other people around me are not stupid. You know, mm-hmm. um, nobody likes to be talked down to. Nobody likes to be micromanaged in any, in any way. Right. And if they've been trained once and they know how to do it and they have experience with that thing, they don't, they don't want to hear your, they don't want to hear your explanation of it. Okay. I had a customer come up behind me once. I was adjusting a coach watch. Yeah. It was the hardest watch I've ever adjusted in my life. It would not come out. Because of the band, taking the links out. And then a customer behind me starts giving me advice. Oh, really? Yeah. And I turned around and I said, I know. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can stop.
2: Really, don't try this at home. Yeah, right? right. Okay. You know what my advice would be? What's up? Don't walk in just before closing time uh, and start agonizing over a million choices that you have before you.
3: I, I can mean, see that on a fortune cookie. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean these these folks behind the counters have been there all day on their feet all day long. They have families to get home to. They sure. have lives. They okay. have uh appointments, reservations at restaurants and things. And their their lives outside the store are important as well. So this five minutes before closing time is...
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No,
1: Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See
1: website for details.
2: Not the time to begin your protracted Hamlet syndrome, trying to figure out. Oh, what do I do? Do I get this or this? No, 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 no. Go home. Mm-hmm, yeah, the stuff will be still be here tomorrow, and we're closing, so you'll be the first in line should you choose to be.
3: Yeah, I, I, w- I would think I would say to these people, it's just a blank. You know, yeah, It's right. just a watch.
2: Yeah, it's not cancer. Yeah, it's
3: a watch. It's just a watch. Get
2: over it. <laughs> well, I, see, that's that's either you're better, you're more diplomatic than I am. I would, yeah. I, would I would, you know, get over it. <laughs> Oh well, Joel, this has been fun, man. It's been great. I, I been great. appreciate it. We have to do this again sometime. I would uh, love to. I'd love to. I, I, I like this. It's Next been a time pleasure.
3: we'll get into more of the political climate stuff.
2: Okay, I'll be happy to. So thank you so much, man, for coming out to the house and uh, and refusing to leave. No, I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not uh, until I finish all this drambuie. Oh, we got some more left. I got I got some scotch. Anyway, no, we get finish the podcast first. Anyway, uh, I always enjoyed our conversation, so it's been a blast. My thanks also to Ricochet Editor in Chief John Gabriel for appearing on the program, and Alphonse Fontenot who. Uh, Good Lord, never mind. Anyway, (laughs) special thanks to you, the listener. Uh, We'll see you next time. This is Dave Carter for ricochet.com.